بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد ومولى الرسول ويان آية نمبر 30 من سورة ياسين أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا حسرة على الإباد ما يأتيهم من رسول إلا كانوا به يستهزئون After mentioning the story of the two messengers that were sent, and then they were assisted by a third messenger, and they were persecuted, executed, and then the uh, Najjar mm, Habib came and spoke to the people who worshipped idols the way he gave them da'wah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also gave him shahada and how then Allah destroyed that town and that city through a very, very loud noise. Sayha. Allah now says, Ya hasratan ala al-ibad woe and and alas, you know, be upon those servants who did not believe. Whenever a messenger came to them, they did nothing except mock them. Yes, as a result of their derision, their mockery, and their scorn against the messengers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala destroyed them. As in the next ayah, أَوَلَمْ يَرَوْا كَمْ أَهْلَكْنَا قَبْلَهُمْ مِنَ الْقُرُونِ أَنَّهُمْ إِلَيْهِمْ لَا يَرْجِعُونَ Don't they see, either referring to the people of Makkah or the people who were already destroyed, don't they see how many uh, nations and how many generations and how many people we have destroyed before them? that they will not be returning to this world to compensate, recompensate, to make tawbah, to repent. They're all gone now. وَإِن كُلُّ لَمَّا جَمِيعُ الَّذِينَ مُحْبَرُونَ And indeed, all of them, uh, that they will be uh, resurrected in front of us. They will be brought forward in front of us all together on the Day of Judgment. So they live this world in a state of denial and rejection and uh, arrogance. And they died because they were punished. So they died in punishment and on the Day of Judgment when they will be resurrected uh, they will be faced with other forms of trials and punishments and everything else. So up to here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this surah discusses the messenger and his message. What, me what the messenger is about and what his message is about. From Yasin, if we say it refers to the Prophet sallallahu So this is about his mission, his office, his ministry. And this is how all other prophets before him 
were also tried and uh, they went through persecution and some of them were executed. But at the end of the day, meaning after the day, they will be resurrected and brought forward in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is all to reassure the Prophet and to show him more courage and determination. Uh, it is to uh, you know, strengthen the heart of the Prophet as Yaseen is the heart of the Quran. And the Quran also referring to Muhammad this is to strengthen his heart so that his heart is now uh, pumping Iman and Allah's Rahmah all the time uh, by virtue of these stories. Um, from here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala discusses some signs of his Tawheed. Um, and he discusses three types of signs, ayat. So we'll go through these, inshallah, today. And one of the signs for them is the dead land, the dead earth. So when you see the earth as dead, is barren, it's in the tundra, nothing's growing, nothing's moving, and it's cold, and everything else. This is a sign in this for those people who believe and also for those who don't believe. What is that sign? That we give it life. All of a sudden as the spring comes and the rains come, all of a sudden now this piece of land which is dry and dead now becomes alive and it is fresh and it is green and it is now living and bouncing and you see life and everything on top of it. And part of that life is that we bring forth from it food, grains, and it is from that that they eat. So now something that was barren and dead now gives you your sustenance in a few months. There's a sign for those who do not believe in the Day of Judgment that this could actually happen because it happens in front of you. Yeah, as you will see at the end of the surah, this theme is reoccurring. And this theme is pronounced again. That this has to do with the Day of Judgment and how human beings should not reject the idea of being resurrected as the land is always resurrected every spring and every time the rains come and so on. But a proof of the life that Allah gives is its produce. The produce and the productivity that the dead earth now brings is a further sign. The first sign is the greenery and the vegetation. And the second sign is the produce that it yields. So Allah subhanahu wa says, we bring forth from it food grains, and it is from that that they eat. And they eat from the food grains, as you'll see in the next ayah. And we bring forth from it gardens, gardens of uh, palm trees, uh, 
no palm, yeah, palm trees, dates, and also grapes, all the vineyards that they come into now fruition, and you start eating fruit that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala produces from the ground. And this is one of his signs, one of his miracles, and so on. So now there is produce that comes in the form of vegetation and food grains, and there's produce that comes in the form of fruit, in the form of dates, in the form of grapes, and others also. These are just two prime examples uh, that people in the desert would be able to appreciate. وَفَجَّرْنَا فِيهَا مِنَ And we cause forth from there many springs. مِنَ Springs of water come gushing forth from the ground and there's water inside the ground as there's water coming from the heavens. There's water that comes from underneath the earth. So now the earth that was barren and dead now brings forth all of this. It produces uh, grains, it gives us fruit, and it also gives us sweet water that we can drink. So these are signs of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for those who do not believe in the resurrection and in the day of judgment, and for those who don't believe in the creative powers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that they should now come forth and appreciate him. So that they may eat from its fruit, the thamar. So if you eat from the fruits, then you should be grateful and thankful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is allowing you to do all this without necessarily too much work from you. And also they may eat from that which their hands now make. So when you have food grains and you have corn and you have barley and you have wheat and you have dates and you have grapes and you have other forms of food substances uh, coming forth on uh, to you, then you have to manufacture the food now. You have to make the food. You have to take out the grains. What you earn and what you make from your hands, what they make from their hands, meaning what they do with the food grains, and then they, go, they have to go and then grind those grains and then, then they have to uh, make flour out of that and then they have to make uh, the bread and the wheat that they have to make and the barley they have to use in a certain way and also the dates they can make and the grapes they have to do things with it in order to not just eat it raw but also benefit from it in different other ways. So the human side of uh, food, meaning the human production in food and the human uh, what is participation in food is also something that Allah wants people to be grateful for. So you have so many different types of rice in the world, but yet every uh, people will cook their rice differently. So many variations. Hundreds if not thousands of ways you can cook different grains. So many different types. So human beings participate in making their food post-production. But the production comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So now you have both elements, the human side 
so the divine uh, participation. So the divine participates in offering food, grains and stuff and fruits from the trees and water from the ground and then the human being as an industry takes over and starts to eat and no more so than in this day and age. Um, as you see, there is so many, just so many books on the shelves regarding food and cuisine and cooking and so many shows on TV and so many YouTube videos just talking about how to make this food and that food and that food. Yeah, so now human beings have spoiled themselves uh, to their detriment, I would say. Why? Do they not then give thanks? Do they not appreciate what Allah has done for them? Yes, you may make all of this, but the raw product comes from Allah. You may have an industry of cooking and uh, all of this, uh, the cuisine and all that, but everything comes initially from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So you can find solace in the fact that Allah creates post-death. So what is the death? The death of the land, the earth. The earth dies in winter, in the frost, in the snow, in the bitter cold. And then Allah revives it. Now there, the human participation is almost minimal. That the thing the human being does is sow the seeds right, and takes care of the land. But the rest comes from, comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then after that, the human being takes over and starts to manufacture and starts to uh, deliver the food onto the table. This process is worthy of being thankful for and worthy of appreciating. So the ultimate benefit of every ni'mah is shukr. So we are now requested and mandated by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to thank the Lord and to thank the one who gives this ni'mah to appreciate him, to thank him and to offer our shukr so that he gives us more and more and more. Anyway, this is one type of ni'mah meaning the terrestrial, earthly ni'mah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks of. The second type of ni'mah is the celestial ni'mah. And that has to do with the sun, the moon, and everything else that is there in the heavens and in the skies. Yeah. But there's another type of the earthly one here, this ayah. This is, this is still from the earthly type of ni'mah. Subhanallah, Allah Zawaj Kullaha Mimma Tumbitu Abu Wamin Al Fusihim Wamim Mala Yalamun. Highly exalted, glorified is the one that has created pairs of everything. Yeah. Created all pairs and pairs of everything. The word Azwaj from Zoj means a pair, it may be male or female, and it may be different types of opposites that you have hot and cold and you have right and left and all of that. It could mean pairs as in uh, male and female. So this is now Subhana. Allah Subhana is using this uh, name uh, of glorification that he is beyond any kind of incapability. Allah Subhana is not deficient uh, in any way. He is capable of doing anything. So this is one of his signs of tasbih, 
that he is glorified because he is able to create opposites. You know, usually you want uniformity in, in a production line. Right? You don't want to be confronted with so many variables and so many opposites and so on. But this world and this universe operates because there are opposites. Um, and that is why the word subhana is used to show that he is high above that incapability of making a system work where the w they work in spite of, despite, and because of opposites. That's why the word subhana is there. He's glorified. He's way above that uh, inability to do what he does. So now you have hot and cold. You have the North Pole and the South Pole. So even though everything in the universe seems to be polarized, it still works. <laughs> Look at men and women. Uh, despite men and women, uh, people still get married. And people still have children. People still have families. Even though they're polar opposites. Right. Which is a sign of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation, as mentioned in Surah Al-Rum, which we did there. Yeah. So despite the opposites, the world functions, or the world functions because of the opposites, the azwaj. So he says, Subhana. Subhana al-ladhi khalaq al-azwaj Mimma tummit al-ard. From that which the earth produces. That the earth produces also these types of variables and these types of opposites and all of that that the earth creates, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you'll see, uh, now makes the world work because of that system, the system where opposites attract each other. And uh, that's how uh, we gain momentum in our relationships and everything else that allows us uh, to operate. Women and Fusiyam also from themselves, meaning their spouses. That could be one example of, of themselves. Uh, and also from themselves, they're, they're very different and polar uh, psychological, psychiatric opposites uh, within themselves. Uh, so you have the element of anger in you, and you also have the element of patience in you. These are two opposites that the body and the mind and the soul works because of that. So they have the ability to be rushing and to, 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 to be hasty all the time. And you also have the ability to be forbearing and to be patient and not to be hasty and to do things in a very methodic way. So you have all of these polar opposites in your propensities in your psychological propensities and uh, despite that you still function. So where you can create a balance in you, in your personality, then you are the good human being. And where there is no balance between the opposites, then you're not a good human being. Right? So now you see in plants also there are opposites, there's male and female as we know, and uh, in animals there are opposites and so on. So there will always be this issue of azwaj from, from that which they do not know. So there are many other species in the world on this planet that we don't know of and even in there there will be opposites. Yeah. So even in your molecular construction, in your atomic construction, 
in your subatomic construction, there are opposites, they are pairs. And when you look into this phenomenon of opposites, you'll see that the only word that will come to you is Subhanallah. And this is how Allah creates them. So He is high and above any incapability, any deficiency in being able to create. And this is what is meant uh, by this eye Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls upon the human being to observe what is there in front of him, otherwise known as nature, and then uh, reflect even at a very superficial level and see how the world works. And this can only work if there's a grand plan and a grand planner. It cannot work if there was no one behind the scenes who is uh, controlling and dictating uh, all of this so that he governs his will and so on. So this is the now the discussion of the earthly ni'am, the earthly sign, the earthly ni'mah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. The second batch of ayat discuss the celestial ni'mah, and the sign for them is the night, meaning the night itself is a sign for those people who want to reflect and those people who want to continue the discussion of opposites, there will be night and there will be day. But independent of that, the night itself is a phenomenon that is worth now looking into and thinking of. That if you have total darkness on the planet, on earth, then what do you do? So this in itself is an ayah. Now Allah subhanahu wa has given human beings the ability to produce light and therefore night and day has become the same for everybody, almost everybody in the world where everybody now looks to synthetic light, artificial light and they go about their business as if they're in the day. But nevertheless, there is still an added value to the idea of night time psychologically. At night time means it is time to rest and time to sleep and it is a psychological, this is the way the human beings have been given orientation or they are predisposed to believing that the night is there for a purpose. So that purpose is never lost. We fleece from it the day. Salakha. Salakha means to fleece. That when you take off the wool from a sheep and you fleece it or you take off the skin, then you're fleecing the animal. It means to fleece. Otherwise known as stripping. But it's stripping without disturbing what's underneath. So when you strip wallpaper, then invariably you're going to disturb the wall. But when you're fleecing the wool of an animal, you're not necessarily disturbing the skin underneath it. There's an art to doing that. So likewise here, Allah now peels away and peels off the day from the night. And this is done through the miraculous motion of the earth. It goes this way. And it spins on its axis, so it gets the sun's rays uh, this way, and when it goes the other way, the sun's rays disappear. But this is called fleecing and <coughs> peeling off. So this phenomenon is a sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to those who do not believe in the day of judgment that the night time is a sign of death where you go to sleep 
والنوم أخت الموت and sleep is the sister of death and that you're now in a state of slumber at least or you're in total sleep and in that, in that state of being semi-conscious you're in a different world and you're not in this world we made your sleep a means of cutting off so sleep allows you to cut off from what's outside of you and in that state you're still alive and then Allah gives you back your life in the day when the day comes your life comes back to you so now you're alive so in this there is a sign for those who don't believe in the day of judgment and resurrection that Allah resurrects you almost every day every morning as the dua of the Prophet is what when we wake up Alhamdulillah all praise is due to Allah who has given us life after he gave us death so there the dua of the Prophet shows us that he was in line with this ayah and this ayah is saying that uh, uh, the day when it comes is a proof of the day of judgment that Allah has now revived the human being from his sleep and giving him and given him a new life and this is how we see how the Prophet was always in line with the Quran and this phenomenon of attaching the creator with the creation is always prophetic so a prophet will be able to do that align Allah's creation with his hikmah and with his wisdom and then produce gems such as this dua that we recite when we wake up in the morning so this is a sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this process is a huge sign for those who believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and also for those who don't believe and then all of a sudden they are in utter darkness when the night then comes and falls upon the human beings now uh, as I said psychologically they're in this mindset of going to sleep and resting albeit only just for a few hours so this is a sign from Allah and the sun continuing with the celestial gifts Allah has given us the sun it runs it runs to a destiny whether that is now zamani or makani that is a different issue we don't have time for that but anyway so there is a set point where the sun now stops that's called the mustaqar so where will where will the sun stop so only Allah knows when the sun eventually stops and coils into itself it will become the day of judgment and then the doors of tawbah uh, will be closed permanently and then there will be qiyamah okay. so here this ayah is saying that the sun moves and the sun now runs tajri and the sun floats or orbits whatever you like to say but it's for an appointed term only and we don't know when that term will be yeah, we don't know it's been going on for uh, according to physicists uh, astronomers millions if not billions of years who knows whatever but it moves it's not static okay? science will now then 
say yes, the sun also moves. It's not in one place. This is the appropriation of the one who is supreme, overwhelming, and the one who is all knowledgeable. Meaning the sun doesn't move because of its own will and volition. The sun moves only when Allah wants it to. This is the appropriation, the taqdeer. This is how the one who is supreme and almighty Allah, he determines how and when the sun moves and for how long and where it will rest and so on because he's all knowledgeable. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's will is now upon the will of the sun. So all the heat, the energy, the light we get from the sun is because of Allah's appropriation. It doesn't do it by itself. For those who are into this idea of atheism, they may say that it works this way. It works because of the planner, the designer. There's the divine design that allows this to run this way. When he wants to, he will shut it down. So now that, that's the, the, the divine life that gives us life. So the sun is there as a source of our energy, our heat, our light, and everything else that the sun gives us. Alhamdulillah, mashallah. But it is through the of Al-Aziz Al-Alim. It is through the appropriation of the one who is all well, overwhelming, supreme and mighty, and the one who is all knowledgeable. And from this, you may deduce so many other rules of how the sun moves, meaning it is fixed meaning that they are deductible. That whole scheme of how the sun moves is something that human beings can calculate. Right? But it's not uh, haphazard. It's not in chaos. And that's how you're able to calculate the motion of the sun and the moon and the stars and the planets and all that. That's what it means. So implied within this taqdeer, of the all-knowing is the knowledge of how that works. So there are two aspects of how you use that knowledge. One is you use that knowledge to say that it works, and the other is to say you use that knowledge to show that Allah makes it work. So you can become an atheist, or you can become someone who believes in God. The choice is yours. You can go this way or that way. Right? The same knowledge. The same knowledge will make you an atheist, and the same knowledge will make you a believer. So who is now the judge? You are the judge. Uh, I want to take this sign uh, and use it as a proof for Allah's existence, or I can take this phenomenon and use the scientific facts to say, there is no God. So that's now up to the human being, how he or she wants to take that information and knowledge. So if it's an ayah, then you'll say Allah exists. And if it's not an ayah for you, then you'll go the other way. And the moon, we have appropriated it. We have measured it according to its mansions and its stations. So the moon moves, as you know, 
it goes around the earth, it has 28 days, and give or take, yeah, the 29th day it is born, or the 30th day it will be born and visible, and so on. So this is now in its mansions, manazil, and uh, the Quran doesn't uh, take away uh, the mansions, the, the nomenclature, the naming of those manazil, was samayudat buruj. Quran speaks of the constellations and it kept the terminology of the people of the past because it really had nothing to do with the aqidah. The aqidah is Allah makes it move and Allah makes it happen this way and that way. So the, the, the moon has its phases, right? its uh, waxing and weaning phases and so on. And this is how you get the measure of time and the measure of the months and so on. So this is how the, the, the moon works. But here again Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, hu. We have now measured their phases out. We appropriate. Okay? We are in control. And it seems to the onlooker from here, it's all in the moon. But for those who look at Allah, they say, no, Allah makes it move. And go the way it goes. Manazil. Until it returns like an old bent palm branch. Urjun. Al-Qadim means old. Urjun is the palm branch which is bent. And this, that's how you get the shape of the crescent. And so the description is through the observation of the Arab, uh, the Bedouin Arab, that the, when the Bedouin Arab looks at the crescent moon as it's waxing, uh, weaning, sorry, then you'll see that is like a bent uh, palm branch. And that's how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala depicts the, uh, the moon also using their language. So this is now how the moon moves uh, and then it goes through its phases until it, it uh, reaches its climax on the 13th, 14th and 15th. Okay. And then it goes back into its orbit and its rotation and then it disappears and then you see it again. So even in the way the moon goes and comes there is a sign of life and death and revival. This is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does this. Every month to you that the moon appears then it becomes a full moon and then becomes a dead moon and then it disappears for two three days. You don't see it at all. Then all of a sudden appears on the horizon like a crescent. And now you see a new beginning. So every month there's a new beginning. Uh, so likewise, there's a new beginning for human beings. Every time they think about life and death. And this is the way they should see this as a sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the sun is there as a permanent fixture in the heavens. And the moon is there as uh, something that changes. So whether it's a changing phenomenon or a permanent phenomenon, it is controlled by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So whether you have a temporary, now illness, or a temporary uh, test and trial, or whether you have a permanent fixture of happiness or joy, it is still all in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is another sign that you may want to look into. And the more you think about it, the more signs will come to you. I'm just giving you ideas of the parameters within which you can, you can
and think about these as signs. It's up to the reader to personalize the ayah for him or her in as far as how it appeals uh, to him, meaning the reader. So you can sit down and think about how this appeals to you as a sign of Allah's existence, his creation, his creativity, and his ability to revive and to resurrect. All of that comes from you thinking about the ayah, how it appeals to you. لَلشَّمْسُ يَنْبَغِي لَهَا أَن تُدْرِكَ الْقَمَرُ وَلَلَّيْلُ سَابِقُ النَّهَارُ So neither is the sun. It is fitting for it to overtake and capture and catch the moon, nor is the night, وَلَلَّيْلُ سَابِقُ النَّهَارُ Nor is the night going to overtake the day. كُلٌّ وَكُلٌّ فِي فَلَكٍ يَسْبَحُونَ And each one is in its orbit, swimming. Swimming, yasbahun from the word swimming. Falak is the sphere or the orbit, meaning everything is in its orbit, making tasbih of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, because the word yasbahun, you put a tashleed on it, a shadda, it becomes yusabihun, making tasbih. So the, the, the orbiting, the floating, the gliding, of these objects, heavenly objects in space, is now their tasbih, and this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us this uh, information and this wisdom uh, that the sun will always be in its orbit, the moon will, is, will be in its orbit, even though there is tremendous attraction uh, between the sun and the moon and the earth. astronomy. Even though there's a pull there, okay, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps them apart and allows each one to orbit in its orbit. Otherwise, if you didn't, they'd all collapse within each other and everything will not gravitate towards the sun, as you know. Right? <laughs> then we'll be dead. So the who keeps this together? Allah's will. Allah's uh, ability his power, his, his energy, his knowledge is what keeps this system afloat, literally. Mm. So this is how this ayah makes perfect sense for those who understand how the cosmos work and how those who understand physics and science also, that they may use this as an ayah of Allah's creativity and Allah's perfection in his creativity. Yeah. So the uh, in Surah Mulk, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that you will, not, you will find no fault in the creation of the Rahman. So it's so well calculated that you can calculate it almost to the second and to the minute degree how these things move and so on. That's uh, one way to reconcile all of these ayat with ourselves and become closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala just through observation. But this observation is at a very primary, rudimentary level where even the Bedouin Arab will be able to do this. You don't need necessarily to be a scientist or to be a physicist or to be an astronomer in order to observe this. You will need some knowledge in order to understand how it works and how to calculate it. But in order to observe this, which is what the Quran is saying, 
observe Allah's creativity in his creation. And this is how you will get to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The sun, the moon, the stars, the heavens, they're never late. They don't take a break. They don't go on vacation. They're always there to serve who? The human being. And who makes that happen? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Thirdly, we have the third type of ni'mah, uh, which is the marino ni'mah, the ni'mah of the sea. Yeah. And an ayah for them, a sign for them, is that we carry them, uh, meaning their offspring, along with them in a ship. Fulk. And this word fulk appeared in the previous ayah. Kullun fi falak. There it means the orbit, and here it means a ship. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we carry them on a ship that is laden. Yeah. And that is now, what does it call it? It has many other goods and people on it. Al Mashhoon. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave man the ability to navigate the, sh- the sea by giving him the brain to build a ship. And if you think about this phenomenon, that you have a wooden ship and it's heavy, but it never sinks. Otherwise, it should be that anything in the water should sink. <laughs> but it doesn't sink because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given man this ability to think about this and to see if there's a way he can transport himself and other things from one coast to another, from one shoreline to another, and from one sea to another. And this is a sign of Allah's now grace and mercy and his compassion towards human beings. That he allows them to do all of this without necessarily making them uh, sink. Yeah. So the the number of uh, incidents where a person drowns because of a shipwreck or because of the boat capsizing are much fewer than the success stories of ships. Yeah. I mean, if you do the calculator, the risk involved in that, and you have the insurance broker, then you will see you're quite comfortable with the idea that people use shipping. <laughs> right? There's very little risk. Obviously, there's going to be storms and hurricanes and all of that, and other things where the, the, the winds may not uh, you know, blow the way they want, you want them to. But nevertheless, in those days, nowadays, it's very different, as you know, uh, through the engine. Um, but Allah says, says that this is a great ni'mah and a sign that Allah Subh'ala gave the human being this ability to think of this and to do this. Yeah. And we have created for them something like this on which they now board Yarkabun, they embark and they board. This is a reference to future now means of transportation. So the Quran always speaks of whatever human beings don't know. Yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates that which you don't know. 
This is ayah which I just mentioned is in Surah Al-Nahl and it's in reference to the modes of transportation. That we gave you horses and mules and other means of transportation. And he creates that which you don't know. Likewise, in this ayah, that we have created for them something similar to this, similar to the boat and the ship that they board. Now, this will be now the plane, and this will be other means of transportation that human beings have created and they have developed. Uh, now, they have furthered their ability to move themselves and goods from one place to another. This is a huge ni'mah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has in, uh, blessed the human being with. This is a sign of his grace that he doesn't uh, make them crash or sink or he doesn't allow the boat to capsize all the time. This is And if we wanted, we could drown them. If we wanted, and there will be no cry for help. And they will never be rescued. If Allah wills this to happen, it will happen, and sometimes it does happen. Yeah. But that's very few and far between, as I mentioned here. So we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ni'mah and rahmah is that He allows human beings to live this way and to explore and expand this way. So now you have the terrestrial signs of the land and the earth, and you have the signs of the human beings being created in pairs and opposites, and you have the sign of the day and the night, and you have the celestial now signs, the sun and the moon, etc. And now you have these marinal signs of the ship. Allah subhanahu has created the ship for the benefit of human beings. All of this is part of Surah Yasin, in which there is the heart of the Quran, and the heart of the matter is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is expressing, one, his creativity, and two, his proof that he is the creator, and that thirdly, that there is a day of judgment and there is resurrection. All of these are the core themes of the Quran mentioned in the heart of the Quran. We'll stop here and we make dua. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to understand the Quran and recite the Quran the way it should be and allows us to practice the Quran the way we should practice. Ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. There is no tafsir next week. We will be convening again later on the week after. Inshallah. Jazakumullah khair. Subhanallah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Nashadu Allah ilaha illa Allah.